Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning, and thank you for all these ladies who are able to join today. Um, I just pray that you would give me the words to say and just guide me and give me wisdom this morning, and um, would everyone's ears just be open to listen, and would you just open their hearts also, and Lord, if I say anything that's not of you, Lord, would you just take it out of their minds and out of their hearts? Um, yeah, and just be here with us today. So in my prayer for them. Okay, so today I'm just going to be doing a study, kind of like a walkthrough on Psalm 23. Um, it's one of my favorite psalms. It is my favorite psalm, actually, and it's probably my favorite passage of scripture. Um, and I was originally going to like put together a lesson based on like a like a whole other thing, but just. My brain just can't really comprehend that right now. Um, So we're just going to go kind of verse by verse of Psalm 23. Um, So verse 1, we're just going to hop right in. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. So the Lord is my shepherd. Um, The Lord is commonly referred to as a shepherd in a lot of different scriptures. Um, And being a shepherd was usually considered like working as a shepherd was usually considered as um, one of the lowest works. And if you don't know, Psalm, the Psalms were written by David, and David was one of the youngest brothers, and he knew what it was like to be a shepherd because he was a shepherd. That was like one of his occupations. Um, and because he was a shepherd and because he knew what it was like, um, he uses this intimate metaphor um, of like referring to the Lord as a shepherd um, instead of king or deliverer, just to show how close the Lord is to you and I. Um, and a shepherd means everything to its flock. Um, the shepherd lives with it. He guides it. Um, they're the sheep's physician and their protector, just as God is to us. So the reference of the Lord to a shepherd is like, he guides us, he protects us, he protects us, he gives us what we need. Um, and now we're focusing more on the my part of this, um, that first line. Um, sheep are obviously property of their shepherds and commonly bought at a high price, um, just as we are to God. Um, God's role as a shepherd here is based out of love and concern for his sheep. Um, and David found comfort and security in this. Um, this confirms that the Lord is Israel and is personal. Um, and because, I mean, who else would pay the death um, for you and I? Um, if you flip over to Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, we just went over this not too long ago, actually. Um, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And... The poor, in, the poor in spirit described here find comfort in the idea that the Lord is their shepherd and the Lord um, does comfort them. Um, and sheep are often very foolish and very, just not very smart creatures, um, as are we in our fleshly, in our flesh selves. Um, so a couple questions, you don't have to answer them, but maybe just to kind of think on like, are you foolish? 
that's kind of a rhetorical question because most of the time we are pretty foolish. Um, and are you seeking worldly things? Um, and are you a sheep who needs guiding? Oh. <laughs> uh, Going on to that second line of verse one, I have, my version says, I have what I need. Um, does anyone have a different version? This is anything else? Shall not what? I do, I have, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Yeah, those are all really good. Um, this is basically just like a declaration saying that the Lord will sustain your needs. Like yourself, like you bring nothing yourself. So having the Lord as your shepherd, I mean, that's really all you need. Um, so ask yourself, do you trust that the Lord will meet your needs? Do you trust that the Lord will give you everything that you need? Um, okay, moving on to verse 2. It says, he, my version says, He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet, quiet waters. Um, focusing on the He lets me lie down, the Lord knew that David needed rest, even when David didn't know himself that he needed rest. Um, this is the same kind of care a shepherd would have for a sheep. Um, we don't always know what we need or even what's best for us, but that's why it is so important to cling to the Lord during hard times and to um, just go to him when you need rest. Um, he knows what your heart needs, and he will give you the rest that you need. So kind of a question we can talk about. Uh, why do we tend to constantly go, go, go until we can't go anymore? Like what are some of the reasons behind that? worldly acceptable for me I feel like that's what's gonna fill the heart like or fill fill the hole in my heart like if I keep going Mm -hmm. instead of just resting in what the Lord has for me and I think what's cool too my version said he makes me lie down Mm -hmm. yeah I also think that sometimes it's the only option It's the only option that you can see. It's the only, well, not the only option available, but the only one that you can see. It's the only one that you know. Because, like, I, that's what I was. And then I got married, and after we had Luke, I was like, this rest thing is nice. Like, I like this. Because I was the up at 6, went to bed at 2, or later, or earlier, or whatever, in college. Like, I did all the things and everything. Like, and I just thought it was what I was supposed to do, right? I figured out how to organize it. I figured out how to do it. I figured out how to not eat until 10 at night because there was no, like, you know. You're like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You feel like it's the expectation of you. And it's not. Yeah. Or it's not supposed to be. It's just not. Yep. I think what that reminds me of as well is, like, I think especially, like, in church and in ministry, sometimes we can focus on, doing all of these things for the Lord yeah. and doing the outreaches and <clears throat> leading the Bible studies and singing on the worship team and serving in kids' church. Yeah. And not that none of those things are bad. Those are all things that, you know, no. that are good. Yeah. But when you um, you only do for the Lord and, not, and you don't just rest and be in his presence, then that's where a lot of burnout happens. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to just sit be. Yeah, it is It is so hard. Um, and I think kind of going off of all of your guys' points, I think that's also why like, the Sabbath was created. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Lord created that specifically, so we did have a day to rest. Um, and I think we should use it very intentionally, and I know I personally struggle with that. Um, I'm a go-go-go person until I'm 
like you were saying, Shauna just burnt out and can't go anymore, and um, that's not what the Lord created us for. So yeah, that was really good. Um, and then moving on to um, like the green pastures part of it, um, this like the green pastures picture that it kind of paints is, I feel like it's very important here. Um, I was doing some research, and it's kind of funny, actually. Um, sheep need to have four conditions met um, in order for them to, like, actually lie down and rest. Um, so they will not lie down if they're afraid. They will not lie down if there's friction among other sheep, like tension or friction. Uh, they will not lie down if, like, the flies or whatever, like, if just, just there's, like, annoying stuff around them. Um... And they will not lie down if they're anxious about food or if they're hungry. That sounds a lot like us. A lot of those things, we can't really rest unless, like, if you're afraid or fearful, it's hard to rest. If you are in tension with another person, it's hard to rest. If you're being annoyed by something, it's hard to rest. And if you're hungry or if you're anxious, it's also hard to rest. Um, and the only way sheep can rest is if the shepherd deals with all of these things. Um, the same thing goes for us. In order for you and I to get real rest, we have to surrender our fear, our bitterness, our grudges, and our anxieties over to the Lord. Because there's no way, like, sheep can't handle all those things on their own. Like, they can't fix everything on their own. So how do we expect ourselves to fix all of those things by ourselves when we weren't created to. Um, so question I have for you guys is, what is one thing right now, you don't have to say it out loud, that you're not surrendering to the Lord, and is that keeping you from experiencing true rest? If you want to say something, you can if you want to, but if not, that's totally fine too. Um, I know for me, one thing I'm probably not surrendering to the Lord that's keeping me from experiencing true rest is, just like the fear of my health and um, the fear of not being able to do everything I want to do because of that. Um, and I think um, when I surrender that to the Lord fully, um, that'll really help me find true rest, like without anxiety, without worrying. Um, so yeah, so you want to have anything to say to that one? You don't have to. But I just figured I'd open the floor to it. I think there's always something. And I, that might be a foolish thing to say because I'm young. I don't know <laughs> how it changes when we get older. But I feel like there's always something that we hold on to. And then if we figure out how to give that to the Lord, we're holding on to something else. And if we figure out how to give that, we're holding on to something else. Um, I don't know. I just think yeah. there's always sometimes it's like really small things too like even if like you're not holding on to like the big things of like like oh I'm scared like I don't know just like any like bigger mm -hmm. issues of life like even even it comes down to like the smaller things of like I can't even, even think of any like at the moment but like my nails weren't done right yeah, like, like it's just little, like, almost, like, inconvenience. They gave me caramel instead of vanilla. Like, yeah. inconveniences, yeah. like, throughout your day of, like, just holding on to it of, like, oh, well, I wonder if so-and-so is going to text back, or, oh, mm -hmm. I wonder if this is going to happen. I wonder if I'll sing this song right at church and all this kind of stuff. And it's, there's always something that you can just go into, like, a deeper, deeper level of surrender to. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, moving on to verse 3. 
uh, says, he renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Um, so he renews my life because of the tender care of the shepherd that we just talked about. Um, your soul and my soul can be restored and refreshed because let me like we just talked about because he does take care of our anxieties and he does take care of our um fear and just all that stuff we just talked about i mean he he will renew you he will um, restore you he will refresh you um once you surrender that to him um he leads me along the right paths because the lord is our shepherd we never need to look like and really look and seek for those green pastures and for those still waters all we need to look for is the Lord, and when we do seek the Lord, we will find him, and um, when you find him, he will guide you and um, give you what you need. And then for his name's sake, he will guide us for his glory. So the next time when we're lost or um, when you're fearful and you find him and need restoring, um, you just have to go back to the Lord. So think of a time when your heart was refreshed by the Lord. How did that feel? Oh my goodness, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Peaceful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was, definitely feels good to be refreshed by the Lord, for sure. It's like, it's like, it's like bliss. It's, it's, yeah. like, it's, it's, not, it's almost... It's almost unexplainable. It's almost life. unexplainable. It's like this feeling, you're like, what is this? What is this? This is strange. <laughs> what? Well, we're so used to worrying all the time and being yeah. so anxious and stressed. and Or even just keeping tabs on things. Yeah. Even if you're not worrying, even if you're just diligently, like, and maybe this is worrying, I'm not sure, but if you're, if you're just diligently, like, remembering things and keeping tabs on things and how is this going, it, it's just, it's great. Yeah. There's, it's not there. It's not this, like, Thing that's hanging over you. Yes, yeah. it's kind of like the feeling of just like just sitting back and realizing like everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna work out. Just like yeah. that overwhelming feeling of just like knowing that you're safe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, that was really good. Moving on to verse four. This is like a common one that's like spoken about a lot. Um, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, so even when I go through the darkest valley, being in a valley isn't like being in a meadow or in a field. Like when you think of the Midwest, like the, like the big like the plains, like that's not what being in a valley is like. Um, it's being wedged between two huge mountains, surrounded and not being able to escape on your own. Um, that is more so what David is referring to here. And it's also important to know here that David was not facing death itself, but its shadow, which in some circumstances is worse than death itself. When you're facing the shadow, it just seems to sit there and the, anticip and the anticipation of death itself is lingering over you, which is sometimes worse than facing death itself. Um, the way I think about it is like, when you have like a big meeting coming up or a big test coming up, the anticipation of the test is usually a lot worse than sitting in it, at least for me anyways. The anticipation is usually worse than the test itself. Um, so that's kind of what I think of it about here. Um, facing the shadow of death, I would think is a lot worse than facing death itself. Um, 
but David knew that because he had the Lord as a shepherd, he didn't have to stay in the valley of the shadow of death, and neither do we. Um, when you have the Lord in your presence, you have everything you need to make that valley bearable. Um, the I fear no danger part, even in a fearful place, the presence of the Lord banishes all fear of evil or fear of anything put in place, whatever you may put in place there. Um, for you are with me. Uh, it's in the presence of the Lord that everything, like that fear and evil is gone. Um, not in the presence of anything else, but in the presence of the Lord, everything is wiped away. Uh, no matter what you may be going through, find strength and peace in the fact that the Lord is your shepherd and that his presence can do mighty wonders for you and for others. So what was the last time you felt, in quotations, the Lord's presence? Or the last time something happened and you knew it was only the Lord that could have done it? A time, yeah, yeah. A time, <laughs> you felt the Lord's presence. Yeah, that's totally good. Um, I mean, the story of me and David getting together—that's all a story that only the Lord could have orchestrated. And so, like, I know it sounds cheesy, and I've said it before, but like, we walked into his, or me and my grandma walked into his grandma's backyard, and I saw him, and the Lord was just like, "This is it. This is the one. You're done." And I was like. It's just like that feeling doesn't come from anyone but the Lord. That whole process of all the little things it took to get there couldn't be orchestrated by anyone but the Lord. Yeah. yeah I think some of the, the big stuff in our lives, right, it's really, really easy to see that the Lord orchestrates those. Mm-hmm. Then we miss some of the small things that He does too. He does a lot of little things. And that's what I was just about to say. I feel like, like as I'm as I continue to walk like with the Lord in my faith that I'm starting to become more aware of like the really small things that the Lord does like to just like show like you know like I care about you so much like I want you to have a good day today it's like there's there was there's been times where like I'll wake up and like I do not want to do anything today I don't want to work I don't want to go to the gym I don't want to do anything and then I'll go through like drive through at Duncan and someone will like pay for my coffee and I feel like in those moments for me that's where like it really sinks in of like yeah wow I have like I have a like we have a relationship with the Lord like you care about the smallest things of my heart not just like not just like the big and important things of course he cares about those but like he wants you to have like a good day or like there's one time that like I really wanted to get like a new couch and I didn't have money for a new couch. And then we found like a literally perfect brand new couch on Facebook Marketplace for free. I was like, I feel so seen right now by you (laughs) that you care about the silliest of things Mm -hmm. that I care so deeply about. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. Um, moving on to the last part of verse 4, uh, where it says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, these instruments were often used by shepherds to help guide the sheep um, and 
to David, these instruments were a great comfort because they reminded him of the guidance that the Lord provides for him and for you and for I in that dark valley. Um, so I never really thought of that verse like that, and I never really studied deep into it, but I really like just, like, the picture of guidance there. Um, yeah. So moving on to verse 5. This one is probably my favorite... Five and six are my favorite verses of Psalm 23. Um, uh, verse five says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Um, so you prepare a table before me. If you know me very well, you know this is probably one of my favorite, like, just like fav favorite phrases. Um, I just, I find a lot of comfort in it. Um, but just as the Lord kindly invited David to the table, he also invites you and I to his table. Um, broken, just broken and all. He just invites us, and I think that's so so cool. Um, and even when you're in or just coming out of the darkest valley, you can know that you have a seat waiting for you at the Lord's table, and you can sit down with it with the utmost confidence, knowing that you will feast in pure, in perfect security with the Lord. Um, and in the presence of my enemies, the Lord's care we just talked about with preparing a table for you and I doesn't totally wipe away your enemies, but it illuminates God's goodness even in their midst. Uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Even in the presence of his enemies, David still enjoyed the riches, the richness of the Lord's goodness, and so can we. So even when you are in some sort of tension with a friend or with a co-worker or whatever it may be, um, you can still enjoy the richness of the Lord's goodness, um, even in the midst of that. So how would it be if God filled your cup in proportion to your faith? How full would your cup be? Kind of referring to the my cup overflows. Um, so I'll ask the question again. How would, how would it be if God filled your cup in proportion to your faith? How full would your cup be? Just kind of something to think about. And also another question to think about, would it be full enough to pour over into others' cups? Just some questions to kind of think about. You don't have to answer them. Um, and then moving on to verse 6. Um, well, we're moving and grooving here, aren't we? Anyways. Um... Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Um, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. David lived in the expectation that he would be able to live in the goodness, mercy, and faithful love that the Lord pours out onto him. We also get to live in this expectation if we know him and trust him as our Savior. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. That's probably my favorite, like, little line in Psalm 23. Um, we, we end with this assurance that we will dwell in the house of the Lord for the rest of our days, both here and, on, and in heaven. Um, I was reading through a commentary, and I kind of saw this, like, little analogy here that I'm about to read. Um, it says, when we're here on earth, we're using earth itself as a physical home. But when we die and are in heaven, our company doesn't change, our house doesn't change, we're just moving into the upper room of the Lord's house. So think of it as kind of like a two-story house. Like right now we're living in the first, like on the first floor. And then we die and go to heaven, 
you just kind of move up to the second floor and you're living with the Lord there. Um, so how does it feel to know that we get to spend the rest of our days forever in the Lord's house? Or what does that guy, what make you guys think about? It's so hard to imagine. It is. Because we live in a world that's so temporary. Everything ends. Mm -hmm. But when you follow the Lord and when you're with the Lord, it's you're in there forever. But what is forever? Yeah. Because we don't know what forever is. That's true. <clears throat> so That's it's so hard. it's very comforting, but it's so hard to imagine. Mm -hmm. And like I, I heard something the other day that blew my mind. We were talking about like when we die and go to heaven. I always picture heaven as just this little place somewhere. Mm -hmm. But the earth is a speck. Mm -hmm. Compared to what happens, and that blew my mind. It's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. It's so hard to comprehend. One time I heard it like compared to like two twins like in the womb, and they're like, "Well, do you believe in life like after you know like what do you yeah. think's gonna happen?" And they're like, "And you know, that one's like, well, nothing's gonna happen. Like this is all we know." And the other one's like, "No, there's something out there like." But they're like, well, I still can't, like, how am I going to eat? Because I won't have the umbilical cord. And they're, you know, and they're just, like, going back and forth. And I don't know. I kind of, it's going to yeah. be like that. Like, you can't imagine it. But the other one's like, no, there's something out there. Like, you just can't imagine it yet because this is all you know. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. Like, yeah. That's so good. And that's where I kind of, like, it reminds me of, like, there's, like, there's small, like, compared to heaven as a whole. And then what we can experience on earth like there's there's little tiny small moments of heaven that like we get to like be a part of like of heaven coming down to earth like in worship and prayer um in like healing and like that type of stuff but then when you think of like that like like no more pain no more no more sadness no more suffering it's like I can't even begin to fathom of like what that really like what that truly would like actually feel like mm -hmm. Because I feel like even when we have, like, moments of, like, like undeniable peace, like, because like we're here on earth, like, that only lasts, like, for a certain time. And I feel like, for at least for me, in the back of my head, like, even when I have, like, so much peace and I have, like, one of those, like, really touching encounters with the Lord, somewhere still, like, way, way, way back in the back of my mind, like, there's still, like, okay, I gotta make sure I go to work tomorrow, make sure I get a clock in, gotta make sure I go to bed by this time, and, like, all the checklist things, but in heaven, like, it's just, you just get to be, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so crazy to think about. It is. It's hard to wrap your mind around, too. Definitely. Andrew, were you going to say something? Kind of. <laughs> Um, I love verses like this that are just full of promises of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like this whole psalm is just the promises of the Lord, and um, you know, it's what what David has recognized that the Lord will do for him. And I think sometimes where we get stuck is I'm gonna say this wrong, but um, is when we try to lead people. In a different direction than that. So like yeah. we stuck, yeah. Sometimes we get stuck. 
Um, but like, so if somebody is going through something hard, so I'm gonna use myself as an example because it's easy. Um, lost baby last year, and I was trying so hard to cling to all the promises of the Lord, and I like I kept telling myself, okay, this is hard and this is not fun, but this is good. Whatever the Lord has is good. The Lord is, you know, I would run through things like this and the promises of the Lord and the things that He says over and over and over. And then I would tell people that, and I'm like, I'm trying to think things like this, and I'm trying to remember that God has this for me, and that he has planned these things for me, and he's looking over my life in these ways, and whatever. All the things that it says right here. She, I don't know where she went. She'll be back. Um, but they would tell me, no, no, you know, you, you really need to, like, be sad about this. You really need to, like, lean into your grief. You really need to... And I got really confused because emotions are real. They're real things. They affect us in real ways. And I, I don't want to dispute that. But when someone is going through something hard and they're trying so hard to cling to the things of the Lord, even if, you know, culturally we should be saying, no, you really need to feel these feelings and you really need to, right? If we lean too far into emotions, if we lean too far into feelings, then... We get a little further from God than we're supposed to be. God gave us those things, right? And so it's not that we shouldn't feel them. But I, so I get, I get really stuck when, um, I don't know if I'm making any sense. But these are such important things to remember. And when we've got a friend or ourselves, when we're trying to cling so heavily to these, and someone says, "No, like you really need to." You know, a big one is like, have grace with yourself and be patient with yourself. Yes, be patient with yourself. Take the break. Do the rest. Do those things. But do the work to cling to the Lord because that work of clinging to the Lord is going to be so much more profitable than the work of feeling through these feelings. And I'm not, I, I, this is it's so uneven good. territory because it's a good thing to get all the way through a feeling. It's a good thing to get to the bottom of it and to understand where it came from. You colored the buttons. Good job. Um, it's a good thing to get to where you understand where those things came from and you can, you know, understand it at the source. Like, all those things are good. But clinging to these things, I don't know. It's just so much better. It is. You're so right. And I, I don't want to thank anybody by saying that. No, that was so It's weird. all good. But when we don't put the Lord first in those things, when we don't put these promises first when we're going through something, if something is trivialized, oh, I didn't get what I wanted on this test, to, to huge, big, life-shattering things, like, you're so right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a balance, too. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, because if you ignore your feelings, then it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Right, absolutely. But, like you said, you have to put the Lord above your feelings. You Put the Lord up there, like, put your feelings up there, I just but keep like, the Lord I'm first. I'm just like, the Lord needs to be in charge of me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, because if you, like I said, you know if you, I mean? yeah, because if you don't deal with them, which is, I think, what those people were trying to say to you, if you don't deal with them, sure. you're going to deal with it for the rest of your life. But if you put them first, then you're going to deal with it for a lot longer than you need to. Well, like dealing with sense. things with the Lord on your side is so or I guess, much sweeter. Yeah, and I don't like the word dealing that I'm using, but like, 
Moving through, handling, processing, processing, yeah. all of those things. Like, so, yeah, well, I totally get what there's, you're saying. It's yeah. so much sweeter I with the Lord. Even if you're, no, don't color that thing. <laughs> We're telling you, but don't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to color this. But handling things with the Lord sir, is so much sweeter than by yourself. Yeah. It's so much easier than even with a friend, right? And when the Lord is the one in charge of those things, and you're remembering these things, and that the Lord does these things, not a bath bomb. A bath bomb doesn't restore your soul, Mm -hmm. right? It may be nice and comforting for a while. It may be an avenue for you to get to speaking to the Lord in a calm manner, but the Lord is the one that does the work there. Can you clean up your mess, please? Thank you. Um, But the Lord is at the front of all. This isn't just some like <laughs> passive little verse to put on a pillow or on a sticker or something, right? It's like this is these are the things that we should be guiding our life by. Yeah. And encouraging our friends to do the same. Yeah. And I feel like whenever we put like the word like like in charge of our feelings, like it's so much like we get through it so much faster mm-hmm. than what Delaney was saying. Like we get through it so much faster and like smoother and it's just like like before like I knew the Lord and I went through all like the trauma and everything I went through it was so hard because like I didn't know the Lord and like it took me years to get through those things but now I have like answers as to why the Lord let me go through those things yeah and it's just like I'm at more peace yeah yeah that was so good I mean it's what you were saying earlier like that overwhelming presence of, of the Lord. Like, it just makes life sweeter. It does. It doesn't always make it easier, mm-hmm. but it makes it sweeter, right? You go through hard things, and at the end of the day, there's a little smile because, man, the Lord brought us another day, or, you know, yeah, it's just so much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's, I mean, that's really all I have. If anyone else has any, like, comments or any questions, I can answer them to the best of my ability. But, um, yeah, I just, this is one of my favorite, my, is my favorite psalm, and um, I've just been finding it really encouraging over the past few months. Um, so, if no one else has anything, um, I can pray for us, and then we can go on with the rest of our Saturday. Does anyone else have anything else to say? Okay, I'll pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, again, I just thank you for this morning, and I just pray that um, you've just spoken to someone's heart today, Lord, and I also pray that if um, I said anything that's not of you, uh, Lord, would you just take it out of everyone's minds, and um, Lord, I just pray for a safe rest of the week, and that everyone could just enjoy this beautiful weather that you've given us, and um yeah, that you would just be present this week in everyone's life. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.